This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update. Today, we're talking with Dr. Stephen Perotti, Executive Vice President of External Affairs, Communications, and Brand at the Permanente Federation and Associate Executive Director for the Permanente Medical Group in Oakland, California, about his health system's unique model for providing patients acute level care at home. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Well, Dr. Perotti, uh, What's driving the move to provide patients with uh, even more complex care at home than I think maybe we thought about uh, even a year ago? Is this you know, driven by the pandemic or is this something that was in process before that? Well, first of all, it's good to be with you. And it really, this transformation was occurring before the pandemic. In fact, um, our medical group had been doing uh, exploratory work over a year before um, where we had uh, convened focus groups with uh, patients as well as providers to understand, you know, how can we do this? Um, because, you know, we're at a crossroads here where essentially it's almost impossible to build a new hospital nowadays um, and to acquire new beds. Um, and we actually don't really have a bed problem from my perspective. What we really have is bringing care to the people and providing access where they want it. Um, so we had gotten a lot of feedback from both physicians and patients that this was going to be something that was desirable, but there were a whole lot of questions. And then of course the pandemic happened um, and all of a sudden it became not just a, an idea, but a necessity. Um, and by the way, the technology was available to make it happen. Um, so the ability to have good, safe monitoring uh, in real time technology in the home um, as well as getting logistics platform, meaning the computer platform to be able to get stuff into the home at the speed of care was now possible. So it really, groundwork had been laid and then it really got transformed and supercharged during the pandemic. You know, it's interesting. There's like so many kind of pieces of transformation, the technology is only kind of one piece. Uh, did the pandemic kind of spur acceleration that you wouldn't have expected before? Totally. So, I mean, this was all about cultural transformation, you know, getting people to think about how can I actually provide that care remotely? Um, so think about the leap of faith that we thought we all had about providing telemedicine on an outpatient basis. So now take that and say, do that in a, for a complex needs patient uh, that needs acute care. Um, so we essentially had to take what was a traditional hospital team, doctor, nurse, social worker, and care coordinator, get them all together, get comfortable being able to provide care remotely um, and work with essentially an on the ground team um, that looks different than your traditional home health services. So that um, is community paramedicine, uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and others that are going directly into that person's home in addition to your traditional nurse um, and providing that seamless level of care and actually being comfortable with a scheduled day um, because providing care in the home uh, means that the patient needs to know, okay, I'm going to get the phlebotomist at this time. I'm getting my mobile radiology exam at this time. And I'm going to see my doctor just like a regular scheduled appointment at this time. And so providing that coordination, getting people to think outside the box is really key. 
it's kind of interesting, kind of system level changes on both ends of this process, both for uh, the health system on your end and the patient on the other. It's a, it is a transformation. Uh, and as part of that, you have an interesting part, uh, partnership with Mayo Clinic uh, to bring this type of care to patients. Can you talk about the collaboration and how it will help? Yes, so um, it made an exciting announcement about a month ago where um, both uh, Mayo Clinic and then Kaiser Permanente are investing in the digital technology platform that is uh, run by a company called Medically Home. And essentially what this is, um, is it allows for the coordination of translating essentially the physician orders in the electronic health record into what I call vendor fulfillment requests. Um, so if I order oxygen, I order an antibiotic, then all of a sudden uh, those get translated into the vendors that will deliver those materials or pharmaceuticals into the person's home. Um, and we've mapped out the timing for when that needs to happen. So you imagine a stat order versus a routine order. Um, we now know what that means in terms of how fast something needs to get into a home. Um, so this investment is going to allow us to uh, supercharge this, essentially expand the platform and get to more patients faster, both within our two systems, Mayo and Kaiser Permanente. But our real goal here is to increase access throughout the country. Um, we do have a problem in the U.S. right now um, with people having access to good, high quality, safe care that's hospital level care. Um, in various communities. You can think of the rural communities. Um, you can think of underserved communities in the urban areas. We saw that come out loud and clear during the COVID pandemic. Um, and what we were able to do with this program at its nation stages over 2020 and early 2021 has been to prove that this thing actually can be scaled. Um, and so now we wanna be able to bring it to more uh, in the country beyond the four walls of our two institutions. Well, that you know that that issue of access uh, is is critical, and the health equity implications of this are are pretty dramatic. Um, um, uh, can you give us more of an idea of how and when you started to roll this out uh, to patients? Yes, so we um, actually launched our first two programs in the middle of last year, um, one in Oregon and one in California. Um, and they're actually a little bit different. Um, so the one in Oregon, um, we use the hospital without walls waivers uh, that were available through the federal government because of the public health emergency. And so that's allowed us to dip our toe into providing care for Medicare beneficiaries. Um, and so essentially we've been able to target uh, older individuals, um, people with at-risk conditions um, to be able to get into their homes um, in you know, a quicker fashion. And in Oregon, in a somewhat more rural type setting, um, in Northern California, we launched it uh, in uh, Vallejo and Vacaville, California, Solano County, very diverse county, uh, lots of social determinants to be addressed um, in addition to the medical conditions that the patient's presenting for their hospital um, stay. And so we've been able to uh, provide care to actually commercial beneficiaries as well. So we used a different process in California. So basically testing um, with both different insurance types, uh, but also um, urban rural settings um, and combining that experience to understand how we want to grow in the coming year. So when you look at all those variables as part of this kind of uh, this test, 
you know, what are you learning? Uh, what's working, not working, what kinds of patients are benefiting the most from this type of arrangement? So, you know, first of all, when you think about what are we tackling, you know, who's being admitted to a, an acute care at home model, I just want to make it clear, these are not home health patients. These are people that are in the emergency department, and they would otherwise be admitted to a brick and mortar hospital. And it ranges from the, you know, simple conditions, uh, pneumonia, um, heart failure, skin and soft tissue infections, urinary tract infections, but it actually expands to some of the more complex uh, care as well. So people that have something like rhabdomyolysis, which is a muscle breakdown, uh, autoimmune diseases, and now actually pilots for taking care of cancer care uh, in the home. Um, and so we're looking at you know several different conditions that we can tackle. Secondly, and I think most uh, people know this, um, to get them into a hospital nowadays, you don't come in with just one condition. You're generally coming in because you've got exacerbations of multiple conditions, chronic conditions. Um, and so what we've been able to do is prove that we can actually walk and chew gum, if you will. We can take care of multiple conditions at once in a home setting. The, the third big win that I think we've seen is the ability to address social determinants that are the underlying causes for some of these diseases like never before. Medicine doesn't stand still and neither do we. AMA members don't just keep up with medicine, they shape its future. Help move medicine, join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org slash moving medicine. Um, so I'll give you an example where, you know, in a home, uh, we can actually look in the person's refrigerator and understand what they're eating, um, what's causing those CHF exacerbations. Um, we can actually do what I call real med reconciliation. I'm literally looking at, or a clinician's looking at the medications that are sitting on that person's kitchen table and realizing that what I've got in my EHR doesn't match up with what they're actually putting into their body. Um, and so being able to address those issues. And then the other thing is actually understanding fall hazards, like real fall hazards. So it's not about, you know, will they trip in the hospital room? It's no, let's actually change that home environment. Um, so that person's not going to get injured or if they're in an unsafe environment or have transportation issues, we can address those things. So I would say those are the big wins. Um, what have we learned uh, in this process in terms of opportunities? Uh, it really has shown, at least for me, particularly in both the Oregon and Northern California markets, that everything comes down to local connections and relationships when it comes to making sure we get the right vendors at the right times uh, into the home in a timely fashion and, and perfecting that. The, the second thing is you cannot underestimate the cultural transformation that's required. Um, you know, when you first present uh, to a patient, you have an option to go home instead of being admitted to the hospital. That's actually for someone who's never had hospital level care in their home, a big leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And so being able to describe what that is and how we make sure that they know that we've got both their electronic and real back um, is really key. And then I think on the clinician side, it's also really important. So we've had to make sure that we um, have full disclosure and understanding with our ER physicians or hospitalists um, that this thing is safe, um, that it's doable, um, and actually had to have some people actually go in and immerse themselves in the command center, which is you know, available 24 seven to our patients to show what we're really doing. So how, uh, how are you seeing the results in measuring 
you know, what are the kind of the metrics behind something like this? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we said at the outset is that we've got to treat this just like we would if we were taking somebody uh, taking care of somebody in a hospital setting. So what's that mean? Um, all those quality metrics, you know, all the star ratings, all those kinds of things, we're measuring those same levels of characteristics. Um, you know, so, you know, hospital acquired conditions, the safety measures that we're all held to, we're doing the same for this hospital to home program. The, the second piece that, that's really key beyond the quality and safety is also looking at satisfaction. And we're looking at satisfaction both on the patient side as well as the physician and physician team um, side of the equations. Cause uh, you know, if people are not happy with this, um, that's gonna be a big problem. And what we've seen is actually the opposite. If anything, um, when we measure things that are comp comparable to HCAP scores, um, we're seeing higher scores with the hospital at home program as opposed to if you were actually in the brick and mortar facility. Um, we're not seeing increases or changes in terms of the safety measures. Um, and if anything, we've seen with some of the hospital acquired infections, um, reductions in the hospital at home program as opposed to uh, the in-person program. And we've now, it's early days, enrolled about 500 individuals uh, into the program successfully uh, over the course of this past year. Um, we've seen enough positive results that we plan to expand. It's part of the reason why um, we're working with our Mayo Clinic colleagues to invest uh, in the actual technology platform so we can expand this to more people. You know, this is uh, just hearing you talk about this. It's incredibly exciting. And it feels like we're at this kind of inflection point of a very transformative time in healthcare. I mean, a year ago, it was, can you stand up a telemedicine practice? And now we're talking about you know, far wider range of delivery uh, uh, going forward. You know, how do you look ahead at this and think about it from a long-term perspective about where this is going for healthcare and for your system? So I think we're actually at a critical inflection point um, coming out of the pandemic here. Um, we've been able to demonstrate both on the outpatient side as well as inpatient side now um, that we are able to provide high quality effective care and actually cost-effective care um, using telemedicine. Um, what this is showing, I think, are a couple of different things. One is that the technology has arrived. It's here. Um, it needs to be shaped by physicians. Um, so uh, my key message here is that while we have the technology platforms available, we have the EHRs available, the only way they're going to be fully realized in terms of improvements in care uh, improvements in the healthcare system is if we as physicians actually drive that change. Uh, the, the second thing is that for me, watching this unfold over the past year and with this hospital to home program um, is that the nature of what a medical team looks like is going to be fundamentally different going into the future. Um, so uh, looking at a hospitalist now, um, which traditionally has been uh, a completely hands-on specialty where you're literally rounding on individual patients in a hospital. Um, now with their practice scope being expanded to take care of multiple types of patients in home care settings with different forms of extenders um, is, is really gonna be important. And again, I think we have the opportunity to shape 
what that looks like. So it's the physician practice, but it's also going to be the practice of a nurse or a community paramedic, uh, which, by the way, wasn't in my parlance uh, a couple of years ago, uh, PAs um, and others, what their forms of practice are going to look like um, as extension of the physician expert. Um, so I think um, we have the opportunity to completely transform the way medicine is practiced. It's so exciting because uh, this isn't something that we learned in medical school or residency. Um, certainly our skill sets for how we take care of patients um, and illnesses, that's not changing, but the way we deliver it, that's completely changing. It's really exciting. It's a, it is a quantum leap. And as you point out, uh, so important for physicians to be driving that process, unlike maybe things, other technology innovations of the past. Uh, so it's really exciting that you and the, the Permanente system are working with Mayo on this, and I'm eager to see the results. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Prodi, for joining us and sharing your perspective on this topic. Uh, we'll be back with another COVID-19 update soon. In the meantime, for resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. This content was originally published as part of the AMA's COVID-19 Daily Video Updates. Find the latest at ama-assn.org slash COVID update. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.